Blog Talk Radio. This is the Mike Zamilla Radio Program, episode 320 for Saturday, November 30th, 2013. On tonight's show, that's right, Cat is back. <laughs> the stars have aligned twice in one week. That means we're going to have a really good show tonight. And so she'll be coming up in just a little bit. We'll be talking about college football. That's right. Recent events of the last few hours, we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about maybe Thanksgiving, shopping, other type of stuff. Maybe some JFK stuff, maybe the Toronto Mayor. Uh, all that stuff coming up. And a lot more on episode 320. <laughs> Let's do this, America. The road to the BCS Championship. Great goes right through the Mike Savilla Radio Show, and it starts right now. about college football, medicine, and social media. This is the Mike Savilla Radio Program. I am your host, Dr. Mike Savilla, the one-man social media machine for seven years running. Check out the site at drmikesavilla.com. Today is Saturday, November 30th, the last day of November. It is 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, it feels like 26 degrees Fahrenheit. That's right, kid. And it is still cold here in northeastern Ohio. We're almost in Canada, as I was told today. Uh, so how has your week been going? We'll be talking about Thanksgiving and last few days. And I want to thank everybody for uh, all your support of the uh, last show, uh, episode 319. And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, wait till after the show and then download it, listen to it, listen to it again. Uh, because uh, it was a good time with the cat and me and some old friends called in uh, to the show. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks for that. Uh, so we'll be coming up uh, with cat here in just a few minutes. We'll be talking about college football and a lot of different stuff here. But first, we do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host here on this network this evening. Thank you so much for that, Blog Talk Radio. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a uh, family physician in full-time private practice here in beautiful but cold northeastern Ohio. And, yes, the chat room is open tonight. Shout-out to the guests in the chat room. And uh, you can uh, 
you can chat away in the chat room and make fun of me if you just register here at the Boxstock Radio site. So uh, I will uh, bring in Kat right after uh, right after this. Uh, you're listening to the uh, Mike Savella Radio Program, a proud member of the ProMed Network, a podcast. You can go to uh, ProMedNetwork.com, and uh, we will be right back. <laughs> That's right, back better than ever, back better than ever. This is the Mike Sabella Radio Program. You can go to drmikesabella.com, get more information. So, well, before I bring in uh, Kat here, um, I do uh, <laughs> our uh, SEC football expert. Uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play the last uh, one-minute play of the game. Just drawn from YouTube. Just go watch it before they all take it down of the last play of the game of uh, the just completed <laughs> where Alabama loses. <laughs> That's cool. We're talking about that. So let me play this and we will bring Kat on the show here. So uh, hopefully this audio comes through. Here we go. Seven yards. Number eight block kick to go the other way too. You've got to be careful and get it up. On the way. No. Return by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Davis has another block. Chris Davis. No flags. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer. And on the line with us, LSU fan, Warrior Cat. Cat, how are you doing there this evening, my dear? Hey, dude. I'm doing great, man. <laughs> roll, tears, roll. <laughs> uh, so, so tell me, Cat, so tell me what was going through your mind uh, right before that play. You thought that uh, it was over probably and, you know, what was going through I thought it I, I, I just, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't even talk. I thought it was over. Okay, yes, they had to kick a 57-yard field goal, but I'm like, this little punk-ass bitch is going to do it. He's going to do it. You know why? Because Alabama never loses, and it irritates <laughs> me, okay? Really? I was like, he's going to do it. Okay, so I see, oh, and it looks like he's going to get it. But then he doesn't get it. I'm like, oh, cool. He caught it. He'll run a little bit, and we'll go into overtime. But no, he runs, and he runs, and he runs some more, and he runs some more, and he runs some more. 
And I was cheering and jumping as if it were almost, almost as much as for LSU. If you would have, if anybody would have ever told me that I would have gotten this excited for an Auburn win, I would have said they were insane, crazy nuts. Now, I told you that I wanted to see Auburn win, of course. Of course. Every LSU fan wanted to see Auburn win. But to win in this fashion was so, it was the icing on the cake. It was so over the top. If this would have Uh been LSU instead of Auburn, I probably wouldn't have been able to do a show. Because I would be like (laughs) having seizures right now. (laughs) Really? I would be, I, I am so on a natural high right now. I am on a college football high right now. Okay. Really? Sound like it. Yes. Go Tigers in every sense of the word. (laughs) And to see that sea of blue and orange on the field, did you? I don't know if you watched till the very end. I I, I just couldn't change the channel. I was riveted to the television. The entire football field, every fan that was in the stand was on the football field, and every Bama fan was still in the bleachers crying their eyes out. I bet, actually, I bet there's still some Bama fans that are so much in shock, they don't even realize what happened. They probably still think they won because they never lose. They're probably still in the stadium. They're probably still in the stadium because they can't drive home because they're, you know, they're having a nervous breakdown right now. And I freaking love it. Now, the only thing I felt bad about, the, 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 the cameras did get a shot of, like, this little kid. He looked like maybe 10 years old, a Bama little fan, little Bama kid fan crying, and that kind of broke my heart. But, you know, I had to just, I'm like, I was kind of mad at the TV for doing that. You know, I don't mind seeing the adults cry. <laughs> but I'm not totally heartless. No. 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 Not totally. You know, not totally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I would, like I said, I would have been happy with a win, but I never expected to be this happy because it was just so beautiful. It was such such a beautiful win. You know, okay, first when they said, okay, when we were wondering if we had one second left or not, you know, was his foot outside of the line or not? And they're like, oh, no, it was one second left, and, you know, whatever. His foot wasn't out of the line completely, right? So we have one second left. I'm like, that's all they freaking need is one second to win this stupid game. (laughs) 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 And they didn't win. (laughs) And the faces of those fans is just priceless. I mean, they're like, you know, I've been seeing them retweeted on my Twitter feed. Since it happened, you know. I saw, yeah, I, I I saw your Twitter feed there. Uh huh. You're like retweeting like everything. You're you're out of control. <laughs> I was out of. I think I tweeted more tonight than I do normally for, for an LSU game because I always worry about irritating people. But I was so crazy happy, I couldn't help it. There was so many great tweets. There was just wonderful tweets, and you know. The trending topics were hilarious. You know, roll tears roll. And the other one was Bama goes down. <laughs> it's like, 
it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal ending for any team. I mean, really, for any two teams playing. But the fact that it was Bama and Auburn was just, I couldn't ask for more. Except, of course, it being LSU. That's the only thing that would have made it better. And like I said, I wouldn't have been able to do a show because I'd be like, Bouncing off the walls, deliriously happy. I wouldn't be able to contain myself. <laughs> so can, can you can you explain uh, can you explain War Eagle? I don't know what that what, what's that about. Actually, I'm not even sure. I just retweeted. He <laughs> just retweeted it anyway. Well, yeah, because you know, like it was such a great tweet. Other than that, I'm like War Eagle. What is that? You see, you call me the SEC expert, but I'm really only an expert about LSU. And, and, yes, I'm really into SEC in, the gen, in general, but I don't get as into games. Like, I may watch it. Like, I may watch a game because I, I, I'm curious to see, you know, as far as where LSU ends up in the, in the poll, right, the BCS poll, AP poll, whatever. Right, right. But, but I never really get that into them unless it's LSU. But today, actually today, just watching football was great. I wanted to finish watching the Ohio State game. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. But, like, you know, so now I'm into it more. Like, these days have been great as far as college football goes, except I had to work yesterday, so I I recorded the LSU game. And, you know, shout out to my friend Cachos, okay? I didn't realize this team was going to do as good as they did. You know, I expected a blowout. And, no, you know, I was kind of disappointed, actually. I mean, yes, we won, but we didn't play as good as we could play. I mean, here's the, here's the kicker. Here's the, the wonderful thing that I like about today's win, too, with Auburn. We are the only team that they lost to this season, the LSU Tigers. We are the only right. team that beat them this year. And yet, we have not done nearly – what we're capable of. I mean, we lost to freaking Ole Miss, who's not even ranked. You know, how does that happen? How do we, like, kick the crap out of Texas A&M last week and then almost lose to Arkansas, who's unranked, lose to Ole Miss? You know, it's like we're, we're, we've been so this, – this season we've been very um, unpredictable kind of, really. I mean, even though you know we have talent, we haven't always used it. And freaking Mettenberger, he's gotten better, right, as a quarterback. He's definitely improved since last season. But it's like as soon as he does, like, he throws one interception or he you know, screws up, it seems like he's ruined for the rest of the game. It's like he can never get back. He, he's very mental. Like, he's a talented right, right. player. But as soon as he screws up or if he's anxious, it shows in his, in his you know, performance. And that's not good. <laughs> that's not a good thing. So, you know, we have not done as good as I would have liked this year, and I just hope it's a better season next year. That's all, you know. That's all I can hope for. But so you saw you saw most of the Arkansas game then. Most of it, and then yeah. okay. Here's the thing. All right, this season I've been really good. If I work on a day of a game, I will record it on my DVR, and I will not look at Twitter at work, even if I have time. Like last night, we weren't that busy. I had time to look at Twitter, but I didn't, okay? 
I will not look at Twitter. I will not open the Internet in any way, shape, or form. If ESPN is on in the lounge, I'll change it. If they're talking about games, you know, I'll tell the guys. You, you, don't, you, you don't want any spoilers. You don't want, you know, you don't want to know. I want no spoilers because it's already bad enough to have to watch it recorded. It's not like watching it live. So I want it to be as close to watching it live can be. And I've been, this year, I've been the best I've ever been. But usually I can't control myself, right? Well, this year I've been really good. I have never been spoiled in one game. So watching it the next day has literally been like not knowing anything that's going to happen. But, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to record the Arkansas game. But two things. We're either going to blow them out, which is what I expected, okay, or if they beat us like Ole Miss did, do I really want to watch that game? So either right. way, uh, yeah. It wasn't going to be totally and necessarily exciting to me, but it was a good game. And then it's getting really exciting at the end, and it cuts off. You know, usually when I record, I'll record whatever program is on after because they always go late. But for whatever reason, yeah, whatever reason I didn't because I thought, oh, like I said, it's either going to be a blowout or, you know, and then I missed whatever wonderful thing it was at the end that I missed, win, or that made us win. So I need to be looking that up. I just haven't had a chance because I slept most of the day. And when I woke up, I had my TV on, recording the Alabama game. And I woke up in the fourth quarter with, like, I don't know, 13, 14 minutes left. And I saw how, I guess, I don't know if we were tied at the time. Yeah, I think we were tied at the time. Then Alabama got a touchdown. And then... Wait a minute. How did it go? I don't remember. All I know <laughs> is that I thought, oh, man, yes, we're going to go into overtime. But, you know, I still didn't think that Auburn was going to, it was going to happen because I'm like, it's just, it never happens. And stupid Alabama is always going to walk around like they're better than everybody else, which I know they are, <laughs> but still. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And, I mean, I don't like Auburn, but today I love them. Today I feel like the biggest Auburn fan ever. Not ever, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I tw- can't tw- believe how excited We're still going crazy on this, so. Yeah, some guy in my timeline tweeted, don't even worry about the rest of the Internet, to, or don't worry about what's on the Internet. It's Auburn's night or something like that. You know, I mean, like, this is such an epic win. And Jay retweeted, it was a funny tweet from some guy named Guy that said, even the Auburn band is getting laid tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is funny. (laughs) The freaking water boy is, too. (laughs) The freaks of their water. (laughs) The ticket sellers. The concession stand people. <laughs> wow. So you're you're having a good night there, Catherine. I am just so good mood right now. I'm just smiling. I can't even stop smiling. You know, and, and, and like I said, a lot of it is because of the way they won. You know, it was just too good. It was too good to be true, like almost. It's even, it was almost more than a Hail Mary, even. 
you know, it was like a Hail Mary intensified. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I'm just like literally almost lightheaded and giddy. (laughs) We're going to have a good show now, Skeleton (laughs) Keys. You know, I'm watching some highlights now on uh, on ESPN. <coughs> Me of, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some, I have it uh, on mute. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't see a lot of that game. Well, yeah, me either. But, you know, I kept it recorded. I may watch the whole thing. But I don't know. After the ending, I mean, it's like, how much better can it really be, right? Yeah, but, probably, probably not. Oh, uh, here's the last play. Okay, they're playing the last play. But see, I'm not. Oh, no, 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 not playing the last play. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, and see, even though they didn't get any of those field goals, I thought, watch, this little punk is going to get this 57 yard field goal. Watch. Just watch. It's just going to happen. I just was already hanging up my <laughs> hat. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's just, and then like you know, here he is. He's running back with the football, right? That hundred beautiful yards, and he's starting right. to go out of bounds. And then he somehow wiggles back in bounds. You know, one thing that I could say, like when I was watching the Ohio, and I'm not even going to talk about Ohio yet, but just watching the Ohio State game, just hearing the announcers and stuff, like not the announcers, not the the people who talk about the actual game during the game, but like the analyzer people on ESPN. They're like, this is always the best week in football because the underdogs, people you don't think is going to win, always comes out playing hard, like Michigan did, or like Arkansas did, you know, because they're big rivals, right? Oh, yeah. So all of them were good games, and all of them were close, and, you know, but of course Auburn is good, you know, it's not like they're unranked. So they had a much better chance than, you know, some of these other teams. But Arkansas played good, I have to say. They, they, you know, we played like crap. I mean, we played like crap. And I just don't understand what's going on with my Tigers because we have so much talent on that team. <laughs> I, I, I just don't – I'm so sad. But we did win. At least we won. At least we won. I'm going to be doing a lot of clapping tonight. You were in a good mood there tonight. That's a good mood. It just feels good to talk about it to the world, you know? (laughs) It's just roll tears, roll, 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 roll down your faces. Yeah, this was definitely the game of the day, though, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, it was an upset and just the way they won. I mean. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> up, and, up, and, to, and it up to this point. That LSU, you know? Exactly. And it sucks that LSU wasn't a part of that, but, you know, I can't have everything in life. <laughs> it's not like the world revolves around you there, Kat. Yeah, it does, and my tigers. 
<laughs> oh man, that's uh that's that's good. Thirty four twenty eight Auburn over Alabama. <laughs> yeah, and now they're showing all those orange pom poms flying in the air of excitement on the college game day desk. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but I'm watching that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so, how did y'all end up winning at the end? Because I like I, I missed the end because I you know went to sleep. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Ohio State forty-two, Michigan forty-one, and uh, yeah, it didn't didn't start out too well. I think I think Michigan got out to like a fourteen zip lead, and then uh, was going back and forth for the entire game. And uh, Ohio State was up fourteen points in the in the fourth in the third quarter, I think, and then uh, Michigan started to come back, um, and then. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a uh, a, a last uh, Michigan came back to to uh, almost tie the game, and uh, the last play, the last decisive play, was a, a two point conversion because uh, the coach decided just to go for it all and go for the win and not go for overtime, and uh, they almost did it too, um, but uh, one of our guys uh, intercepted the uh, the pass going for the two point conversion, so. Uh, uh, so yeah, <clears throat> but the, the the big thing that that happened was there was this big fight that happened, and I have a I have a I have an audio clip. I don't know how well it's going to come through, but this is about four minutes, so uh, we'll we'll see how much this came through here. This was from I think from ESPN or something like that. This one should be returnable for Dontre Wilson from a yard deep, and he's collared as he crossed the 15 yard line. Well, his season has not gone as planned for Devin Gardner in his first time as a full-time starter. Uh, Holly, we're going to have to interrupt you. we got a big-time battle going on right now. The officials trying to separate everybody. Well, Dontra Willis better go find his helmet. He's one of the freshmen, and you don't want any of this because you don't want to lose key players. The head coaches are out there. The assistant coaches are out there. Everybody trying to break up the melee. And there are flags all over the place. There might have been a punch or two thrown in there as well. We're going to have to straighten all this out. Mike Cannon is our referee, and he'll get the back judge and the umpire and everybody in a huddle there. Try to straighten it out, figure out who did what. You want guys to play with passion, but you got to play with fire in your heart, but coolness in your head. And, and even in a rivalry game, when there's so much energy and emotion, you've got to keep your composure. There you see what went on after the play, after the kick return, and there did look like a punch thrown Nairobi. Wilson. Well, Wilson's still, he's still winging it. Yeah, there was more than one punch. 
Jim Kammerling is our replay official to our immediate right. The guys came in to say hello before the game, and I said to them, hopefully we won't have to uh, worry too much about what went on on the field, and uh, we're going to have to. Both these head coaches, when we talked to them, talked about this robbery, that there is hatred, there is animosity, but there's also respect. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the game is normally played with great respect. This is not a respectful situation right here. Here's a call. After the play was over, we have unsportsmanlike conduct. Number 52 of Michigan. Michigan, that way. Michigan, that way. That's an ejection. Ohio State, unsportsmanlike conduct. Number one, that's an ejection. Unsportsmanlike conduct, Ohio State, number 79, an ejection. Be placed at the end of the run. So that's it for the day for three players. And again, it's a backup linebacker for Michigan. You don't want to lose anybody. Special teams guy. But now you're talking about in Dontre Wilson, one of your key offensive weapons for Ohio State that lost his composure, and a starting offensive lineman, Maurice Hall, who also is ejected. So is ejected. So is ejected. So is ejected. <laughs> you know what? When that was playing, they were showing the clip of the fight. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And and, and as, as as the Ohio State when the Ohio State guy was leaving, he, he uh, gave the finger to the to the whole Michigan crowd. I know. He must want to, you know, get beat up in the parking lot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Because he really was like, he, he flipped him off with both hands on each side, like in a real mean fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was so mad. He was so uh, mad. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's been all over my Facebook feed uh, this, this evening. Uh, they, they have uh, both the Michigan and the Ohio State people are uh, p putting that up on the uh, on their uh, Facebook timeline <laughs> the double fisted middle finger as the guy's leaving it's kind of funny actually but, but we don't condone that here on the show but uh that's that was actually kind of funny actually <laughs> it was but he was like he was so angry it was always scary looking you know what i'm saying like he was throwing his helmet and kicking something i think he kicked in the air like i actually was still awake during the fight when i saw the fight and it was a little bit after that that I finally went to bed. I'm like, I have to go to sleep. And I wanted to just stay up all day and watch football, but I needed to, you know, I needed to sleep. I needed to think of my health, too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's your prepping for this show is, uh, you know, uh, taking a nap. So that's good. Exactly. I mean, could you imagine if I would have stayed up all day? I, I mean, I guess the high of this Auburn win would have woken me up. But still, I might really talk be talking like super deliriously. Who knows what I'd be saying? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now, right, out, right after the Auburn and Alabama game was ended, now I mean I know you probably saw some of this cat out there. It says Auburn's like, oh yeah, now we deserve to be in the national championship game and play Florida State, and you know we're just going to jump everybody, and you know now it's our game. <laughs> Oh, are they? I didn't even, I'm just, yeah, I didn't even see any of that. But they're going like, to be in the championship game now? Yeah, yeah, because they beat number one. So they're like, well, then that means we're, we get to be in the championship game. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well 
there are two teams that have, you know, you know, no losses. So that that kind of messes that up. And so the the final spoiler of the entire year will be uh I think it'll be next week where Michigan State plays Ohio State in the uh Big Ten championship game. So Ed though most of the country is gonna be rooting for Michigan State <laughs> to beat Ohio so State. Y'all... So y'all actually play again next week, them again? Yeah, it's it's, it's our conference championship game. Wow! So it's a big Ten championship game. So, but okay, okay. Here's the thing, though: if they're un, are is a Michigan unranked? So none of your other Big Ten teams are unranked. So that that's that's who y'all have to play against. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's because the Big Ten has like a like a uh, like an East Division and a West Division. Uh-huh. So I I think I think Michigan State won the West Division and Ohio State won the East Division. So that's who they I think that's how they determine who's in the who's in the, the conference championship game. Oh. And so, well, what about SEC teams? Who's do, we don't know yet who's playing who, or do we know? Um, I think there is an SEC championship game. Well, Auburn, I think Auburn for sure plays now in, in the SEC championship. Again. Yeah, and I and I think it's the winner of this uh, Missouri and uh, and Texas A and M. I think I think it's going to be the winner of that one. Ah, uh, well, yeah, that's what I have on now. Huh? I think I'm not. You know, I'm no you know football expert. J-Man probably yeah, I, has it all broken down for us, so I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I so, I mean, you know, Missouri, fine, you're in the SEC, welcome. You know, I welcome you. Anybody who wants to come to the SEC is welcome. But Missouri is not in the southeast, so I just don't, I'm not into that, really. And I live in Texas, right? So I guess I have to root for Texas A&M. It's so funny. I've lived here in Texas for since '96, and I just can't. Ellis, Louisiana is always, you know, that's the games I went to growing up. That's my home. So I will like always be a Tiger fan. But yet, even though I've lived here in Texas for so long, I just can't get into it. Like, I don't think I could get into any other team as much as I am into LSU. Right. So. You know, because I'm sure you grew up going to Ohio State games. Um, oh, yeah. That was, you know, that's the big thing around here. Sure. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing like being in a college football stadium. And, I, you know, I had retweeted a tweet, too, that was that said college football is greater than pro football. You know, I love football all around, but it's true. There's something about college football for me, personally, that is just a different feel than pro football. It's oh yeah, you know, like like college sports in general. I mean, you know, I like college basketball a lot better than NBA basketball. So same thing with college. I like college football, but a lot better than pro football. Yeah, because I guess college is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back in time. <laughs> uh. You're you're probably a hot college student. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm, 
Yeah, I, I guess I was. <laughs> I don't want to be braggy. <laughs> I don't want to brag or anything. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, co- college is definitely a good time in your life, you know, because you, know, you don't realize how awesome school is until you have to get into the real world. Right. I mean, I guess yeah. I knew how awesome school was, but now it's like, oh, wow. I mean, I, I love my career, and I guess I could say I wouldn't go back because now I've been in my profession now up 10 years. I'm not going to – I don't want to reveal too much how old I am, but uh, – and I like having that experience behind me. You know, I like feeling com- – well, you should never totally feel comfortable 100% in your job especially if you're in the healthcare field. Because if you feel completely comfortable and like you're the best, that's when you're going to screw up. You know, you always have to be cautious, right? But right, right. The, the more years of experience you have, the more confident you are, the more you feel like, you know, you know what you're doing. And, and, and it portrays that to your patients. So, well, my patients don't know, but my parents, you know, of the babies, they they feel comfortable with me a lot because you know I don't I don't portray a sense of panic or fear. <laughs> they can sense my confidence. It's not cockiness. It's confidence. <laughs> you know, oh, is the baby gonna be okay with it? Oh yeah. All right. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the time, and then this is what'll happen. You know, I I, I can I have a a, a good way of putting them at ease usually so oh I'm, I, yeah yeah because you're good at what you do ah thank you <laughs> and then i bring them a glass of water and i slip a little value in there no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i'm totally kidding of course you're totally kidding i'm totally kidding <laughs> oh well why don't, why don't we take a little bit of a break and um, everybody's busy tonight, so I, I I did have the chat room open for like half an hour, but nobody was there, so I closed it up, and so everybody's everybody's doing stuff tonight. So uh. <laughs> they're eating still tur- they're eating turkey sandwiches with mayonnaise and pepper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. Those are always delicious. <laughs> So why don't, why don't we take a break? I know, I know you wanted to – we didn't get to talk about this on the last show. I know you want to talk about JFK stuff because you're, like, obsessed yeah. about it. So <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we talk about that after the break? <laughs> so uh, we will be right back. This is a night shift show. Hey, you know, it's a Saturday night shift. Can you believe that, cat? This is uh, this is it's good stuff here tonight. So uh, It's a great Saturday night in college football world. <laughs> Why don't we take a break? We'll be right back here on the Night Shift Show coming up right after this.
welcome back to the Night Shift Show live on a Saturday night here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And uh, Kat, uh, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being my friend. <laughs> my football friend. Uh, it did, so did, did it warm up uh, any uh, in the last few days, or is it still is it still kind of chilly down the rear? Well, it warmed up, but not like you know hot like summer. It's like seventies mm, maybe. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's like usual, like what it should be this time of year, right? What it should be, but usually isn't. <laughs> <laughs> It has been, I cannot complain about the fall this year that we've had because we've actually kind of had a fall. It, you know, it's been an amazing year weather-wise. So I can't complain. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice. It's nice and nice. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about his JFK thing. So we we didn't we didn't get to it at the last show, but uh, but Cat is obsessed with, with John F. Kennedy and conspiracies <laughs> and and uh, you know this is the 50th anniversary of the assassination and all that stuff. So what I'll do is I'll, I'm going to play um, a couple of uh, audio clips to set this up, and then uh, then Cat can share with us the the behind the scenes of what really happened. Let me uh, listen to this. His rendezvous with grim destiny begins a little after noontime. By midday, the president and first lady arrived at Dallas Love Field and climbed into an open presidential limo. The motorcade drove through Dallas and arrived at Dilly Plaza around 12.30 p.m. The cheers of the crowd almost muffled the three shots. The assassin's aim is deadly. What sounded like a rifle shot and then two more shots close together. Bob Jackson, a photographer for the Dallas Times-Herald, sat in a convertible following the president. I just looked straight ahead up to the book depository where the sound came from, and there was a rifle resting on the window ledge, and he drew it in. Kennedy was shot through the neck and head. One of the bullets struck Texas Governor John Connolly. The motorcade sped off to Parkland Hospital, where Dr. Ronald Jones heard a message on a loudspeaker. I think it hit more when I went out of the room and the FBI and the Secret Service approached me. Dr. Jones and others rushed to the operating room to help the mortally wounded president. And there sitting on a folding chair outside of trauma room one was Mrs. Kennedy sitting there in her bloody clothing. Across town, Oswald made his way back to this rooming house in the Oak Cliff neighborhood where he was spotted by the housekeeper. And she said something you seem to be really in a hurry, and he didn't say anything to her. A few minutes later, Oswald left heading toward the bus stop. Dallas Patrolman J.D. Tippett had just finished lunch with his wife. I made a sandwich, and uh, he came by and had lunch, and I kissed him by, not realizing that would be the last time I would see him. Tippett saw a man matching the description of the presidential assassin, but when he went to question him, he was gunned down. Oswald then made his way over to the Texas theater, where the movie War is Hell was playing. Police stormed into the theater and emerged with the most wanted man in the country. Two hours after Kennedy's assassination, Lyndon Johnson was sworn in as the nation's 36th president on November 22, 1963. A shocked nation weeps. And the country's grieving began. 
John Moan, Associated Press, Dallas. Okay, here's my question. So, um, so, when did this interest in in this president in this case? When, when did that start? Well, first, let me just say they're playing that song in Tuscaloosa tonight. Tuscaloosa? <laughs> Is it Tuscaloosa? Did I say Tuscaloosa? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, I just had to get that out. So, anyway, <laughs> well, okay. As of the last year or two, I don't know, maybe it's been a year or so, I've gotten really into conspiracy theories about things, okay? Like, I used to think 9-11 truthers were insane, okay? But I don't think so much they're insane anymore. (laughs) I'm not saying I necessarily agree with them, but... Like, I've just started watching documentaries in general on different conspiracy theories, and I can see now where conspiracy theorists get their ideas because of they go by what evidence they see, right? And some of the evidence in different things, which I'll get to JFK, though, but in different evidence in certain conspiracy theories, I could see where they get their crazy ideas from, okay? It's not, they're not completely nutcases is what I'm trying to say. However, the 50th anniversary came out, and I've been seeing all these documentaries and stuff on TV. I'm like, okay, but let me learn more about this. Because I knew, of course, I knew JFK was assassinated. I knew it was Lee Harvey Oswald, and I knew that there was conspiracy theories behind it, but I never really got into it. You know, I never really fully investigated what these theories were. And uh, so lately I've been watching that kind of stuff, different, you know, shows and documentaries, whatever. And, you know, I'll watch one documentary and I'll think, okay, it was a lone gunman, there's no conspiracy. And then I'll watch another one and I'm like, oh, for sure, there's a conspiracy. The mob did it or, you know, uh, the CIA did it. Somebody did it. You know, it wasn't just Lee Harvey Oswald, right? It was just Lee Harvey Oswald, but there was more to it. He wasn't just a crazy dude who decided he wanted to kill the president. There's more to it. He's part of the CIA. He was, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I've just been really, and, and I think the craziness of it is that we will never know the truth. We never will. We'll never find out what really, really happened. You know, and that's kind of the sad thing about it. And just and just knowing just the, the craziness of this being so 
such a convoluted case, probably the most investigated murder in the history of murders ever <laughs> investigated. But we'll never know the truth. Like, what is, your, what is your thought on it? Do you think it was just him on his own, by himself, nobody else involved? Well, I mean, my, I mean, my interest goes well, all, all the way back to school, you know, back in, like, grade school or something like that. Not like the murder part, but like the whole JFK and his young president and Jackie Kennedy and, yeah. and uh, so that, that part kind of interested me. Um, and then I think I – forget, I forget what year it was, but whenever that Oliver Stone uh, JFK film came out, um, that had all the stars in it and all that stuff. I think that was maybe in the mid in the nineties or in the eighties or something like that. That uh, really that that really got my mind going as far as the the whole conspiracy type of thing, the whole you know magic bullet and and uh, so so since then I mean you know and you know in, in that week you know before the anniversary was it last week or the week before or something like that I was like you I was like I was watching all kinds of conspiracy, um, you know, television shows on History Channel and on Discovery Channel and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I, I think like, you know, probably like a lot of other Americans that, um, you know, that the words are conspiracy, you know, see, he, he was, you know, he was working with somebody, you know, whether, yeah. whether it's the, the mob or the CIA or the Russians or something, you know, we'll never know, but it's always interesting um, you know how how uh, how that all plays out, and then of course back then, you know, we don't have the, you know, we don't have social media, you know, like we do today, where every single you know, second nanosecond is filmed. You know, we don't have, you know, they didn't have like CSI, you know, that type of investigative type of thing where they can pinpoint stuff. But a lot of it is is theory, and it will never be solved. Uh, but I, I I enjoyed watching that that stuff too and saying, Oh, you know, what of this person or what of that person? Or, you know, I, it, all those conspiracy things have, you know, that you have the main characters, but then you, but you know, you find out who they knew, like this person knew that person, that person knew this person. And, and, and they made a whole conspiracy type of thing that it could be, you know, connected to somebody else or something. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but, uh, no, you but are. It, uh, yeah. Um, so, so I, you know, I'm not one of those, you know, crazy people. <laughs> I just think it's. In, I think it's. You know, I don't. I don't stay up at night. You know, thinking about it. It's. Just, it's interesting. Um, you know, watching it and and trying to think about it in your head, um, and uh, trying to put it all together. And like you said, I mean, we'll never know. But in, for me, it's it's an interesting exercise to kind of go through. And I remember when I went to Dallas the first time. I went to Dallas probably about 10 years ago. Um, and, and when I went to Dallas, there was, there was one place that I wanted to go and I wanted to go to that Dealey Plaza, um, because uh-huh. I wanted to go, I wanted to go and see it. <clears throat> and, and, uh, when you get down there, um, it's really small in real life, which I was like, wow, this is, this is like a lot smaller than what they have in the movies and on television. And you go up to the book depository and you kind of think in your mind how it all played out. And, and, uh, um, you know, and obviously there's people there all the time, but but uh, unless you've been there and kind of seeing how small the area is, it was that that was something that was really 
uh, interesting and surprising to me is that whole plaza area there and the grassy knoll and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a really small, small area of, of the city. Wow. See, I wouldn't have thought that either. But, like, but I think you're right, too. You know, in this day and age, I mean, with computers and everything and every little second being taped, we would have known it would have been so much easier to solve. Like, the only picture we had of the grassy knoll at the time he was shot was some woman's crappy Polaroid, and they think they see a guy up there right behind that, that fence. And, okay, this one documentary that I watched is called Beyond the Magic Bullet, and I think History Channel did it. I saw it. It's on YouTube. I don't know if you saw that one. But that's the one documentary that, that made me realize that, yes, it could have happened the way that it happened as far as the one shot, the one bullet hitting both the president and the governor. It could have happened right. because they recreated it, and it happened right. pretty much exactly the same way. So, yes, that could happen. Um, but, like, part of that documentary, they also showed about the Polaroid and how they, you know, uh, tried to enhance it, and they did this and that. And with today's technology – they did pretty much as much as they could do with it, and they couldn't come to a conclusive, conclusive answer of whether or not there was somebody there. So, right. uh, you know, basically this, this is the one documentary that took a lot of the conspiracy fun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yet at the same time, they didn't say, oh, this wasn't, a, I don't think, this wasn't like, they didn't film it in a sense that, they wanted to make people think there was absolutely no conspiracy because at the end they were like, the truth is we'll never know because there's no conclusive evidence. But I do believe that that one shot, yes, could have killed it or could have, could have hit them both, okay? So they pretty much let you come to your own conclusion. It wasn't like, a, like some kind of propaganda where they're trying to get you out of that thinking of conspiracy. Because, yeah, even if he was the only gunman, there still could be a conspiracy. You know, it's just that a lot of the conspiracy theorists believe that there was a second shooter. Right. Okay. But there was, and there was still another bullet that hit him in the head, but that was the really probably the one that killed him the most. Sure. Right. And <laughs> and to me, it looked like it came from the grassy knoll, the way it hit him in the side. But, you know, I, I don't know. Lee Harvey Oswald apparently was a good shot. So... And then just the fact that he got assassinated, you know, 48 hours later, and he died almost the same time Kennedy did. You know, Kennedy died around 1. He died around 107. Just crazy. And, you know, it's so sad because I also wonder what, what, how would America be today if he had finished, not only finished out his presidency, but probably would have been elected a second term. You know, how different would our country be? Because you know it would be different because every person that lives, whether you're a president or not, has an effect. It's just like, you know, it's a wonderful life. You know, everybody's life means something on this earth. Everything contributes to history, contributes to the future, contributes to how... I, I probably sound like I'm crazy, but you know what I'm saying? How the, the world 
works. The world turns, life goes on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I think that what kind of America would we be living in? Would it still be the same as it is now? Probably not. But how would it be different? Do you ever wonder that? I mean... Because he only served oh, yeah, for three yeah. years. I mean, you know. and, 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 I mean, anytime there's a, you know, kind of a, a tragic death, you know, of, you, you wonder how the world could have been different, you know, if that person was around or or was around and made significant difference. Sure, of course. And then C.S. Lewis and Aldous Huxley also died that day and never really made the news. And they were two big, people and you know what I'm saying like that was a day of a lot of death right so so it's like it was a crazy day but of course it's kind of like when Michael Jackson died Farrah Fawcett's death went into the shadows it, like the, the news of her death died once Michael Jackson died <laughs> but uh, you know I, I just can't imagine living in a time where a president is assassinated. I mean, I remember when Reagan got shot. And Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember I don't remember what year it was. I probably was like ten or eleven or something. and I remember being freaked out by it, right? But when you're young, you don't I guess you don't realize the impact unless they die. And what I found out recently was that they never the media never told us how bad he really was, how critical he really was. They made it sound like it wasn't that bad. I remember that. I remember them making it sound like, you know, well, I got shot, that's bad, but right, but that he was okay, that he was always stable. I always had that impression. But apparently he, I don't know if he was even close to death. They really hid how seriously wounded he was. So, I mean, I can't even, you know, I don't care how much you like or dislike a president. I think that is a horrible thing to happen. And I think that anybody with any kind of heart would feel terrible to, 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 to hear of a president being assassinated. Yeah. You know, if, if you, if you really dislike a president, you might want to see them impeached, but who would want to see them, you know, killed? That's just horrible. It, it, and it's, it's not just the fact that, okay, you know, it's a sad thing that, you know, a president is killed, but that I would think you feel a sense of, of insecurity. You know, kind of like, for instance, when 9-11 happened, you know, we didn't feel safe anymore. If somebody kills a person, I mean, yeah, you're talking about one person as compared to a group of people, right? But I don't know. It just seems like scary to me, like a scary state of of I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it just and it's no. I, I mean, I, I, and I think if I remember, maybe I don't remember right, but I think maybe around that same year, the year following, I remember something like the Pope was almost shot or something like that, or there's an attempt on the Pope's life or something like that, and and uh, um, that was right around that time. And I, I I remember when we were talking about Reagan, that it's oh, you know, we're you know, was there a conspiracy for that, and which brought up the whole JFK thing again? And and uh, um, so so these presidential type of you know attempts, you know, of assassinations. You know, every every time they talk about you know a president being 
attempted to be assassinated, they have to bring up JF, the, you know, the whole JFK story again. And uh, mm-hmm. that that's something that's interesting to me is, is that people always bring that up and about the conspiracy and maybe conspiracy and no. And, and uh, you know, the, they were trying to, you know, compare, you know, this, this attempt on President Reagan's life to JFK and who's the person that did it and what kind of person they were. And, and uh, so that that's what that's what interests me. Mhm. I know. Like, and how? Well, it seems like it would be easy, right? Even though they have secret service men, anybody could be hiding in a book depository or a building somewhere. You know, how do you really totally protect the president? And right, exactly. you know, we know there's a lot of crazies in the world. How does this not happen more? I mean, not that it should. I'm just saying that you know, because there's so many crazies in the world. Uh, you know, well, I mean, the Secret Service men can only do so much. I mean, what you could, I mean, the only way to completely protect the president would be putting them in a steel cage and <laughs> bulletproof thing, and just he has to live in that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it just seems crazy, like. I don't know. So I've been, yeah, I've been watching a lot of documentaries and stuff on that. And because uh, I am just so into conspiracy theories and where do they, where do these come from? You know, and I've never really been into them before until about, I guess, a year or so. I, I don't remember really when I've been starting to get into them. But when I hear a conspiracy theory for whatever it is, you know, whatever tragic event happens and you know you have your conspiracy theorists always I, I listen to their side not because I'm going to believe it but just out of curiosity and sometimes they'll make great points sometimes they make points that I'm like yeah look you can explain that you know don't be a lunatic you're just trying to find something right but then sometimes right. they'll make really good points and you're like whoa that's a good point <laughs> and then I start to then I start to question my government and start to to not trust them anymore. And I just realized now that, you know, I, I guess I was very naive just growing up. I've always been very trusting of people, people in general. Of course, my government, why would my government ever want to hurt me or anybody for that matter? You know, I live in a, in a world that, full of trusting people that don't want to hurt anyone, and that's not the case. I mean, not always. I'm just saying that it's hard for me to imagine our government ever not not only wanting to, letting letting anyone hurt us or wanting to hurt us. It's just hard for me to imagine that. But yet, the more I learn about conspiracy theories, the more I see how crooked the government really is. <laughs> And it's scary. It's scary because I start to think, man, we're like some of those crazy countries where you hear about all those bad things happening. We're not that far off, maybe. I don't know. Really, we are better off. I mean, when you look at things that happen in other countries, we really have it good here. And, you know, no no country's perfect. You know, no leader is perfect. So you kind of just put your faith in God and go on your merry little way and that's all you can do right right Vern that 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 is all you can do 
That is all you can do. And uh, we, we've we gone through hour one already. Can you believe that? Jeez. Wow. <laughs> why, don't we, uh, why don't we take another break, and uh, we will uh, – we will change topics again because, uh, I mean, this one, you know, this is serious. I'm glad we talked about it, you know, but I think we should shift gears and uh, maybe talk about, uh, I don't know, Thanksgiving or shopping or, you know, some lighter type of topics. But I'm glad we I'm glad we, we touched on this a little bit and, uh, um, you know, because I'm like you. Like, I, I I watched all kinds of documentaries that week and, and, uh, and uh, rekindled my interest of it. So it's, it's interesting. It's always an interesting topic to talk about. For sure. Uh, so why don't, we, why don't we take a break, and uh, we will, we're in hour two. So we'll be right back on the Night Shift Show live on the Block Talk Radio Network. Here with Kat, we'll be right back. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. on Thanksgiving weekend. Kat, I am thankful that you are co-host of this show. I'll just start off with that. I am thankful to be the co-host of this night shift show, this awesome night shift show. (laughs) (laughs) So you were were working on Thanksgiving, weren't weren't you, Kat? It's it's a bummer. Yes. I worked on Thanksgiving and I worked yesterday, but I have my weekend off, so that's good. Um, Very good. Yeah, every year, as you know, being part of the healthcare field yourself, we don't get holidays off necessarily. So, you know, we we have two teams, right, at work. Like, you either work Thanksgiving and New Year's, or you work Christmas. Right. Right. And I was scheduled to work Thanksgiving and New Year's, 
But I like my New Year's, so I switch with somebody, and I'm working Christmas for them. Because, see, like, to me, the way I look at it is that Christmas is an important holiday to me, right, for religious reasons. But I don't have any kids, okay? And the way I look at it, kind of, I like working Christmas because I'm taking care. Somebody needs to take care of the babies, right? And somebody has to. Somebody has to, even on on you know Jesus' birthday. So I'm taking care of those sweet little angels, those children of God, on a special day. That's like a present to me, kind of. I don't know. It sounds sappy, I know, <laughs> but I just kind of look at it that way. Like to me, it's kind of my. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, and and I feel bad that I I'm working on on New Year's Eve because um, for people who may have uh, listened to the show before, uh, we, we we've done shows on New Year's Eve and and those, those are fun shows. Bringing in the new year with the uh, with you and me and the audience, um, but uh, I'll be working this year, so that's not going to happen. So I'm bummed about that. I know. Those are always fun shows. They are fun shows. You know, like, because it's it's just cool, you know, and sometimes it's our only night shift show of the year. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're, we're a month ahead of schedule. So we, we, had, we had two night shift shows in the same week. So that is... I know. This is, like, bizarre. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very exciting. <laughs> it's bizarro world, man. Bizarro, bizarro world. <laughs> um, speaking of bizarro world, let me. Uh, I, I'm going to play these clips about uh, online shopping and uh, Black Friday and all that stuff because you know we have to talk about it because it's the day after. And why don't we uh, play this and then we'll talk about Bargain it. Bargain shoppers seem to experience less chaos this year as the annual Black Friday sales attracted consumers looking for a deal. Shoppers at one Atlanta mall expressed surprise that the crowds weren't more intense. We went into one store and it was like in and out, barely a line, no crowding, got what she needed and on to the next store. The relative calm is likely due to the fact more than a dozen major retailers opened on Thanksgiving Day to try and boost holiday sales. I was here at 8 p.m. last night when we opened our doors. We had 15,000 people lined up outside around this building. Uh, I've never seen anything like it and I've been at every single one of our, our openings since I've, my career began. But the longer store hours also created security challenges. A police officer outside a Kohl's store near Chicago was dragged trying to stop a shoplifting suspect from fleeing in his car. Another officer fired on the car. The officer was released from the hospital Friday. Katie Ogden was one of the many customers pleased with the bargains she found in Arlington, Virginia. We got a lot of home goods stuff at Macy's. $10 waffle iron, we got a Dutch oven for 40 bucks, which was an incredible deal, apparently. But high-tech gadgets continue to top many shopping lists. For Black Friday, it's, a, it's clearly a b big electronics day, so we've seen uh, a lot of action in uh, tablets. We have over 20 tablets on sale. The National Retail Federation expects retail sales to be up 4% to $602 billion during the last two months of the year. Jill Craig, Associated Press. Online shopping is booming, up 13% from last year with $262 billion in sales. 
Now retailers are attempting to use some of that same technology to enhance the in-store shopping experience. Walmart is rolling out a new tool called Scan and Go. It allows you to use your smartphone to scan the things you buy as you shop, then swipe just your phone at the register to speed up the checkout process. Scan this on-screen code to transfer your mobile basket. The Walmart app also uses voice recognition to help you create your shopping list. Paper towels, bananas, milk. We recognize that mobile is a real great opportunity to enable our customers to um, connect with us and um, learn about their store and learn about the products that they can purchase at our stores. Target is working on an app that will transfer nutritional information and customer reviews of products you're looking at in-store to your smartphone. It also recently launched an interactive in-store experience that lets you magically appear with cartoon characters. So experiences we're all used to having at home or in front of our computer or in front of our, our mobile device, but bringing that, how do we bring that same functionality into the store to help our guests make better decisions? Retailers like Walmart say more than half its shoppers now have smartphones. And this holiday season, more than half its website traffic will come from mobile devices. A shopping experience they want to happen inside the store, where they can entice customers with a lot of other offerings. Haven Daily, Associated Press, San Jose, California. So, Kat, I, I, I'm, I'm imagining that uh, you're probably more of the, the online shopper versus the in-person shopper. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. <laughs> You're right. And especially on Black Friday, I will not, or now is Black Thanksgiving, they might as well just start it in July because they keep starting it earlier and earlier, you know. And hearing reports of people dying, people getting shot, taking someone's life really worth that $5 toaster oven, really? <laughs> <laughs> is spending the rest of your life in prison worth it to get that great deal at Best Buy? I don't know. It I depends mean, what it is. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> people are insane. Why do people get so crazy? I mean, I realize the economy's bad. People want to make Christmas great for their loved ones. They want to get a good deal. But I just can't. There is no way. I get annoyed when I go grocery shopping and it's and people are in my in my way with their cart. You know, <laughs> there's no way I could handle Black Friday. There's just no way. <laughs> no way. Oh, man. I, I, I would. I I just couldn't. I would be a nervous wreck. And yet, every year you hear the same kind of stories. And it, it, it yes. really, I mean, have you ever braved? Um, I did once, uh, and not because I really wanted any, anything. I just wanted to go. Um, to see what it was like. <laughs> just to see what it was like, you know, to see the freaks out there, you know. And, uh, yeah, I saw freaks. It was nice. I didn't buy anything. Uh, but uh, I, I went to Best Buy, like, uh, I don't know. It was, it was like an early Friday morning or something like that. And uh, just to go, and I went, and uh, it was fun, and I didn't buy anything, and that was it. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, part of me always thought, well, I'd like to go out there just to see what it's like, but then I probably would 
you know, catch my eye on a great deal and want to get it, and that person would get the last whatever, whatever it was. And, and you'd, have to, you'd have to beat them up. And I'd have to beat them up. <laughs> 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 so, you know, because I'm sure, and that's the thing, I'm sure Black Friday has the most amazing deals. Otherwise, that many people wouldn't go so crazy the way they do. I mean, I bet the deals are unbelievable. But I, I just, I don't think my anxiety can handle it, my, my nervous tendencies that I get. I, I don't think I could handle it. So I don't hmm. even brave it. <laughs> and I don't like lines. I don't like any of that stuff. No, you know, and uh, I'm, I, I, I'm that guy that, like, yells at people in the express line with, like, 13 items when it's actually 12. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what, you know, why do you do that? It's 12 items. 12 items. <laughs> I bet you don't. You're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good guy. Have I ever told you what a good guy you are? Seriously. Oh. You are. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <sighs> so do, 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 you have your, uh, do, do you have your British accent ready? Because I, 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 I have an audio clip that you can uh, – a, a British accent. Did, hey. did, 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 did you see the, the audio clips with, with Prince William singing the Bon Jovi song? Did you see that? No, I haven't. Please, <laughs> please play them. Let me, let me play them. Prince William and uh, uh, Taylor Swift was also there. Cats, what, what, what did you think of that, Cats? Well, um, I'm not a big fan of Taylor Swift, personally. <laughs> I didn't think you were. I think she is extremely overrated. But um, So this wasn't a karaoke. This was some kind of uh, event or something? It was, yeah, it was, it was a fundraiser benefit for some kind of charity. Oh, well, that's so sweet of Prince William. Did he bring his baby and his beautiful wife? Uh, I, I, I think he did, yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in his wife, actually. She is absolutely lovely. She is just She's stunning. gorgeous. She's gorgeous. stunning, darling. She's stunning. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Much more gorgeous than him. But I digress. <laughs> So how, how how's British Cat been? Uh, I haven't heard from British Cat in a while. Are you doing okay these days? You all right? Oh, British Cat's fine. Um, I was just enjoying some tea and crumpets this afternoon, and um, 
I was watching the game, and, you know, I just laughed at you, silly Americans, this, this football to watch. I mean, <laughs> you people are just so undignified. It's just... That's good. <laughs> wow, you, you stuck with it longer than I thought. Good job, Eric. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I know. I'm sorry. I, I put you on the spot, but you did, a, you did a you did a great job. I know you've been waiting for that British accent for a while, so. I know. I, you know, I know it's not that great, but I just love to talk in a British accent. I don't know why. It's fun. Darling. Darling. No, that's like that's like Zsa Gabor. Was Zsa Gabor, she's not British. What is she? Uh, just a snobby no, she wants, lady. Yeah, she wants yeah. to be. So does, so does Madonna. <laughs> Actually, I think she's over that now, right? She doesn't do that anymore, right? Uh, no, she doesn't do that anymore. Now. Yeah, she got out of it. She got out of the habit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. Mizzou is, is winning. Did you see that, Mizzou? Mizzou is winning. Yeah. When well, they, 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 just start, they just start right the fourth quarter, so I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah, you never know. Let's see. What else do I? Oh, I I have one more clip here, <laughs> but I, I wasted them all. Because <laughs> uh, we we talked about it in, in our extensive show prep. We we talked about stories that we're going to talk about. <laughs> we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this Toronto mirror guy. It's just, I think it's kind of uh-huh. hilarious. Let me uh, let, let me play this. This is a clip of him trying to get kicked out, or him being upset about not being kicked out, or trying to get kicked out. Let's let's see this. Why? Because of I guess some personal issues. It has nothing to do with politics. Um, it's all personal, and they turned it into a coup. They basically wanted to take over the government. And it's absolutely wrong. It's illegal what they've done. After what they did to me yesterday, stripped all my powers, hurt my staff, you reduced my staff to a quarter of what David Miller had, hey, you know, I'll still function. If I have to bring in volunteers in my office, I'll, I'll still function. I'm carrying on. I'm going to be going full out. I'm only human. And he was never said cast the first stone. I am not. I, I am not perfect. And I have yet to find a perfect person. I'm, I'm still going out to try to meet that person. But... You know what? I'm moving on, and you know I'm I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm dealing with health professionals. Yeah. I'm training every day, and in five months, if you don't see me a difference, I'll eat my those those papers right so there. I don't know. I think he should maybe step down, but I know he loves being in the spotlight, so that may be difficult for him to do. I hope he gets help. Um, I think he'll weather the storm, and uh, he'll probably run again, and that's just the way it is. Um, you know what? To each their own. I am no place to judge, so to each their own. I have my own things to deal with. So does everybody else. So does he. So you know what? I wish him all the best. So, Ken, I'm moving to Toronto because this guy's awesome, and uh, <laughs> this guy he's popular, and he's a normal guy. He has faults. And uh, you know, it's just it's it, it, it's awesome watching this train wreck of a guy. It's good stuff. 
You know, he kind of reminds me of Chris Farley. But I don't mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember how Chris Farley was in, like, real life. You know, I just know how he was as a comedian. And when I think of Chris Farley, my heart breaks. For some reason, my heart breaks for Chris Farley, okay? Now, this guy, though, <laughs> he's so obnoxious. <laughs> I... You know, you know the Saturday Night Live. They do, you know, the 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 parody of him and everything, and yet he's his own walking parody. He is his own. He's a walking Saturday Night Live skit. And well, yeah. You know, the, some of the things that comes out of his mouth, like, why should I be held to higher standards? Because you're the freaking mayor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> President Obama quit smoking because, you know, people look down on it, which I'm sure tons of presidents, before, like, in the olden days smoked. You know, nobody cared. He doesn't even smoke cigarettes anymore. At least we don't know about it, you know. <laughs> and it's like we can't – it's not like, you know, I think if if you want to work in a job, and be able to do drugs and not be judged or fired over it, then work in a head shop. <laughs> you know, work in a head shop or some place where, you know, you don't have major decisions you have to make about big deals, about big things. You know what I'm saying? He is so... He is, he is a train wreck, and something's going to happen unfortunately, for the train to finally be derailed. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be probably something major. And I'm surprised that they can't just kick him out of office. Like, you know, in a, in a regular job, especially in healthcare field and stuff like that, if you do drugs, you're going to get fired. Or they're going to make you go to a program or do something in order to keep your job, Right. You know, right. they've they've told him, you need to go get help, you need to go get help, and he refuses. Why not just go and get help and save face? You know, because one thing, and I've talked about this on your show before, too, that, well, obviously, if you're doing crack, you probably have a problem if you get to the point of crack, you know, but, like, let's say <laughs> he just drank a lot, okay? Let's say he just drank a lot. A person can actually drink a lot and not be an alcoholic, right? There is there is truly a difference between abusing something and being a true addict or an alcoholic. You know, a true addict or an alcoholic cannot just quit like that just because, you know, okay, oh, I need to quit or or else. They'll probably need some kind of, you know, rehab or, you know, they, they need to do more than just quit. Um, so if he's going through all this denial and everything like that, he probably is a, a true addict, right? Because uh, he can't even admit, like, oh, well, I haven't done it in a year. Okay, you haven't done crack in a year. I mean, I don't know, maybe, and I know crack is basically cocaine, okay, but just to a stronger degree or whatever, they, you know, it's in a rock form, they inhale it. I don't know, I don't know much about crack, okay? <laughs> I've never done crack. But you know, if, if you would have heard that he did cocaine, it doesn't sound as bad for some reason, I guess, because it just, it cracks sounds like, you know, when you hear somebody doing cocaine, any, almost anybody, right, from doctors and lawyers to, 
you know, low life can do cocaine, right? But when you hear of crack, you think of only kind of low life-ish people doing that, right? And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I know anybody can be an addict, I guess, to anything, right? But it's just weird seeing this guy who does crack. <laughs> he just doesn't look like a crackhead. <laughs> For one thing, he's not super, super thin. You know, he's like, oh, I'm working out. You know, if you want to lose weight, maybe you need to do more crack. I don't know. <laughs> Chat giving yeah. advice to the man. No, no. <laughs> do more you know, crack. Like, more crack or, yeah, you know, I'm just teasing. But, you know, it's like all the comedians say, he's the gift that keeps on giving, right? Poor guy, you know, we're laughing at his expense. But, you know, he, the thing about it is that he is, making himself a stock, And if he ever gets to the point that he can admit that he has a problem and get help and he actually does get help, he's going to be embarrassed at the way he acted. And he's going to be like, he's going to be making amends to everyone. But, yeah, you're right. He has a lot of fans. And I think it's because he's so crazy and kind of funny, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, some addicts and alcoholics can be very funny. <laughs> but... On the bad side of it, you know, there's also people that can suffer from that, like people in their family and things like that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of his family's embarrassed or, you know, things that the, 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 the disease of addiction, alcoholism can really, it doesn't just affect that person, it affects everyone around them. But right now, he seems to be doing, I guess, okay. He's still in office. People love him. You know, he's. I think right now he feels untouchable because people love him. You know, the people are back, backing him up. He's got his big fan base, right? He's becoming famous from this pretty much. I, I never heard of that guy before. Not till this happened. He never would have. Huh? Right. Not till this happened. Not till this happened. Right. And, you know, this is how he got famous, you know? <laughs> Like, <laughs> congratulations, dude. You know, now go get some help. <laughs> oh, and with that, we'll, uh, that's a good, good, good phrase to end on. Why don't, why don't we take a break and uh, everybody ponder that <laughs> and go get some help. Go get some help now. Go get some help. We'll be. We'll be back for the last half an hour of the Night Shift show here on a Saturday night here on the Block Talk Radio Network. We will be right back. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da 
show here on the Blog Talk Radio Network with uh, me and Kat. And I was dancing. Were you, were you dancing? I was dancing there, Kat. You know, especially to Eye of the Tiger, because I think of, you know, my LSU Tigers and the Auburn Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. God, what a day, what a day, what a beautiful day. <laughs> Some silly stories. I have, you know, I, I go to the silly stories at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Because we haven't gotten that's, silly enough yet. That's right. That's right. Let's, here's here's the first silly story. Here's here's the title. This is from November 29 from the AP. Topless barber charged with unlicensed cosmetology. That's right. This is from Longmont, Colorado. A woman who allegedly offered topless hairstyling services in northern Colorado faces criminal charges, but police say the problem isn't cutting hair it's without a top. It's cutting hair without a license. The Longmont Times Call newspaper reports 46-year-old Suzette Hall was arrested Wednesday night on suspicion of practicing cosmetology without a license. Hall's former partner says she advertised $45 for a topless haircut online. According to the arrest warrant, the former partner told police about the topless styling <laughs> because she did not believe this was safe or proper. Police weren't uh, able to turn up uh, any of the Craigslist ads. Her ex-husband told police that she set up shop in Loveland, Colorado, and offered services as Rebel Barber. He told police she applied for a nude license for hairstylist, but no such license exists. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, okay, is that, the, okay. Okay. Because yeah. okay. so before you got to the Craigslist part of it, that she was advertising it that way, I thought maybe she had a salon where they cut hair, but they were topless. Right. But, you know, I've never heard of anything like that, right? But could you imagine if that, I mean, how how do you, could you imagine the client? They would have tons of customers, I think. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of it as, as a business. I mean, I'm not saying I approve of, of nudity, but, you know, here a guy can go and get a haircut and look at boobies at the same time. Hey, you know. <laughs> 
I mean, my question is, what does she look like? You know, that's that, that, that's my. Well, question. that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know? I would I would I would think the salon would only hire like pretty stylists. Because maybe, maybe that's why they really arrested her. If you're like, really, you look like that. <laughs> <you're>, what's? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. There's no nude hairdressing license, but does a stripper have to have a license? Like, I uh, wonder if anybody's ever thought of that for a business. What would you have to do? Like, what? I wonder what people have to do, right, to open a strip club. Like, what kind of license or permission do you have to get? Do you have to get permission or just a business license, right? And how would that work for a salon? Would you market it as a salon slash strip club? Or, I mean, Okay, because, I mean, I could see, actually, and I'm sure they do have salons where it would be like maybe like Hooters, right? Like the stylish exactly. short shorts and tight T-shirts and stuff like that. They probably get a lot of clientele. But I never even thought of being topless. I never even thought of that. Mm. Because I don't think like a slut. Wow. But I mean, no, but I mean, like, wow. Like, I'm wondering if they would have even more clientele. But then I would think, what kind of men would come in? That, like, do you really want to cut their hair? It's probably all, like, greasy and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. all greasy. It's greasy. I mean, they have $45. $45. You know, I mean, come on. Well, I guess, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you'd have to charge a lot for the haircut, so you make sure you don't get any real gross, sleazy. Well, I guess you could still be gross and sleazy and be rich, right? But chances are, I don't know. Maybe, don't maybe to- she was looking. Uh, <laughs> she was looking for a big tip. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I bet she got a big tip. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I I, I think that though. Yeah, you could still be a sleazy guy but, and be rich, right? But if you're rich, you probably don't have greasy hair. Uh, probably not. Greasy. I just wanted to ch- a reason to say greasy because I love to say instead of greasy, like S, I like to say mm. like greasy, man. You want some grease? <laughs> I don't know why I like to say that word. I just, okay, I'm over it now. Ready for another story? Ready for another story? Yeah. All right, here we go. This is from writers from uh, November 26th. Here's the title Massachusetts Mall Santa. Massachusetts Mall Santa charged with groping co worker. This is from Boston. A man who worked as a Santa Claus in Massachusetts shopping mall has been ordered to not put the red suit back on until court. Resolved the charge that he groped an adult co-worker over the weekend. The man, Herbert Jones, 62, was arrested on Saturday and charged with one count of indecent assault and battery. Uh, according to the district attorney, the prosecutor's office declined to comment on reports that the co-worker wore an elf costume as part of the job. Jones pleaded not guilty and was released a $1,000 bail. A judge ordered him to stay away from Hanover Mall where he worked, not to seek work as a mall Santa until the jar- charges are resolved. Jones is due back in court on December 24th, Christmas Eve. Uh, 
So, uh, Kat, so, yeah, you know, if, if, if you're a Santa in Massachusetts, you just have to, like, you know, be really careful, especially if you're an elf. <laughs> you know, I love how they tell it. Okay, you can't go near the mall. You can't seek employment there as a Santa. Well, he's still going to grope whether he's in a Santa suit or not. Don't you think? <laughs> he's a groper. It's a groper. Like, like Mr. Roper. <laughs> I'm in my silly mode now where I'm being stupid. I'm saying dumb stuff. <laughs> doesn't Mr. Roper, though, doesn't Mr. Roper look like he'd be a groper? Uh, I think so. Of, he, he's kind of a greasy-looking dude. <laughs> you just wanted to say greasy. <laughs> I love to say greasy. <laughs> that was oh. the show that was the show radio show I listened to a long time ago where the, the two you know morning co-hosts are sometimes really funny on radio and stuff like on you know like and a they morning zoo about, or something yeah like a morning zoo and they used to, it was two guys and I don't remember the name for the life of me I was like 20 or something and they used to talk about when they have their their morning cup of coffee and they called it their the nice hot cup of grease <laughs> and I guess that's where I got it from ever since you know I just love to call greasy greasy like grease I don't know greasy it's greasy <laughs> greasy <laughs> sciatica <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that because it's like we find certain words you and I and we like get into talking weird without like like saying them weird and stuff. I like that. I like that about our friendship. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh. What was that we were saying at the beginning of the show? I forget. Uh, roll, hmm. tears, roll. No, no, that. <laughs> That that last name of that person that you work with or something like that. Oh, Nachika. Yeah, yeah, Nachika. yeah. I forgot about it already. <laughs> yeah. I, I, see, Mikey and I were talking on the phone earlier, and I I worked with. She doesn't work where I work anymore, but her last name was Lachika, and I never realized. And he's like Nachika, and I'm like, I never realized how much I like that last name. It's go. like saying the girl, La Chica. But it was one word. La, La Chica. La, La Chica. And you're El Chico. <laughs> El Chico. <laughs> I kind of wish my last name was La Chica because that's kind of cool, I think. And I've never thought of it that way. Have you ever heard that last name? She's Filipino. Uh, no, I have not. I mean, I noticed that a lot of, uh, like, the Filipinos' last names sound Hispanic. Like, yours sounds Hispanic, right? Yeah. If you say it it Sevilla instead of Sevilla. Yes. Yes. But I've never heard the last name La Chica, even in the Hispanic community. So, but La Chica, to me, that's Hispanic-y. Yes, it is Hispanic-y. La Chica. We both have... We both have Hispanic blood in us. El Chico. (laughs) 
You're El Chico. I'm La Chica. We got Hispanic blood coursing through our veins, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> we got 15 minutes left. Hey, uh, let's do another story. <laughs> okay. Okay, El Chico. Uh, Chica, you probably heard this already. This is from uh, November 18. Selfie was selected as word of the year uh, earlier this month by the Oxford Dictionary. It's based on 17,000 uh, based on a 17,000% rise in usage over a year ago. Selfie beat a number of other buzzwords of 2013, including twerking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Uh, the word of the year has not been uh, coined within the last 12 months. It does not have blah, 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 blah. Uh, is there anything else I wanted to Oh, um, Selfie has spawned a raft of spinoffs, including uh, Healthy. I never heard of that. Uh, a picture taken down uh, from someone's uh, own hair. What is that? Belfy for taking a picture of your own posterior and uh, Drelfy, a self-portrait while in a drunken state. It is said... Oh my uh, gosh. Blah, 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 blah. That's all I want to say about that. Selfie there, Kat. What, what do you think? We're turning into a country of illiterates. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking words that we made up and we're putting them in the dictionary. And if they ever put twerking in the dictionary, that will not be good. Because not only should twerking not be a word, it should not be a thing, it should be illegal to twerk. I'm so sick of twerking. Miley ruined it for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It is so dumb, too. When you see people put their feet up on a wall, and do that. It looks disgusting. It's ugly. It's gross. It looks like you're a dog wanting to hump another dog. Don't do it. You look stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And no, I'm not jealous because I probably couldn't do it. No, I think it's ugly and stupid looking. Okay. tried it so I don't know if I could do I'm talking about up against the wall obviously anybody can do it just standing up right just shake your butt or whatever back and forth stupid exactly but when people do it on the wall like you know when they get on their hands and they put their feet on the wall and they do that I think it looks disgusting I think it looks so stupid why do people do it do they think it's cool looking do they think (laughs) it's hot because it's not (laughs) Oh, man. How, how do you really feel about Miley Cyrus there, Kat? Actually, you know, I mean, I'm not a fan of hers, but not because she turned into a slut. It's just because I'm just not that much of a fan, you know? And and the thing with her whole display at the VMAs and all, you know, actually what I found interesting when I was listening, after that happened on the, you know, I'm a stupid show, they talked about that. Uh, Jay had went over some tweets that he saw of people that wrote, how dare Miley could do this and this and that, right? 
and yet their screen name was they just screamed slut, like like their screen. I'm I'm just gonna make up one because I don't remember any of the names, but like I love sex all the time or something. You know, I mean, it just screamed slut, and then here they were, you know, totally bashing Miley Cyrus. First of all, if you're gonna bash Miley Cyrus for being a slut, have a normal screen name, not one that says you a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> okay so I mean you know it's not my place to judge her but I mean she can do whatever she wants but it, it, it annoys me that you know like like she got all the buzz right after she did all that and in the end she's the only one laughing in the end because she got all this press for being a hoe and she ends up winning in a way even though she made herself look like a fool She's laughing all the way to the bank, you know. I think with things like that, we should ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you know. Because personally, I don't, you know, I don't like the fact that she did start off as Hannah Montana, right? And a lot of young kids looked up to her. And I don't want young kids thinking that's cool, but she is an adult, right? She can do what she wants. It's like, you know, I guess kind of like the crack smoking mayor or whatever. I'm kind of putting a, you know, when you have, yeah, she's an entertainer, right? People shouldn't look up to her for anything and just appreciate her talent, right? If, you, if you're if you a fan of a certain musician, that's what you should just be a fan of, not look up to them as any kind of role model necessarily. But if you are a, young, a role model to young girls especially, I feel like you do kind of have an obligation to not be like that. You know, I think she she's still young. Yeah, she's an adult, but she's still young, and she's going through a phase, and she'll probably grow out of it, and it's just like Madonna did. She'll have kids and grow out of it, and but I don't know. I just, I feel like things have gotten so out of control, and it's becoming the norm. You know, like like a, a display like that at the VMAs is normal. Of course, the VMAs to me just seem like a big sleaze fest anyway, but it's just going to get worse, I'm afraid. So, and I'm not a No, you're right. Yet. I mean, people, people just want attention, and um, you know, it, it is spun up by social media, you know, um, on Twitter and Facebook, and, you know, it's seen everywhere, and they get attention, and then they get magazine covers, and people buy their albums, and... Uh, so, yeah, so you're right. Like, we, should, we should just ignore it. You're right. Yeah, it's it's like, it's, to me, the entertainment industries and performers and stuff, it's like, how can I shock people the most? When is When have we lost it where it used to be about talent? You know, the Beatles and all those, you know, it used to be about music and it used to be about talent. And now it's more about who can shock the most. You know, like Miley was so upset that people didn't see the 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 beauty and the meaning behind her cannonball freaking wrecking ball or whatever the hell it is, her video where she's sitting swinging naked on a wrecking ball. You know, you want to know why people didn't take it seriously because people can't get past your nudity, you dumb little hoe. You know, I'm see, I'm just judging her. I shouldn't be judging her, but that is, that's just the reality. You know, maybe some people can, maybe some people, because actually I think it is a good song. I do think it's a good song. But if you want people to really hear the meaning and the message, 
then don't do what you did on the video. I'm sorry. You know, you're not going to get the, the seriousness that you want people to get out of it. It's just a peep show. And she's, I guess, too young and stupid to realize that. That's just you know, I, reality. I, 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 uh, I remember when I swung, swung naked on this show on a wrecking ball. <laughs> it, it shocked. It shocked everybody, but we didn't we didn't get any more listeners. So uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to work on that. Is, that. is that why you had to close the chat room? That's why I had to close the chat room. <laughs> uh, let's let's do one more story here. This is a nice story. This will be a nice story to end on. Uh, this is from uh, November 29th. The Associated Press, the title is Dog Found Under Rubble Nine Days After Illinois Tornado. This is from Washington, Illinois. A six-month-old pit bull was buried under a pile of rubble for more than a week after a tornado ripped through the central Illinois city. <clears throat> Jacob Montgomery, a member of the Illinois National Guard, was separated from the dog, Dexter, when the North, November 17 tornado destroyed his third-floor apartment in Washington, Illinois. Uh, Montgomery combed through the wreckage multiple times, but there was no sign of Dexter. Nine days after the storm, a neighbor who was looking for his cat, also missing, with the help of a group called Rescuing Animals in Need, sent Montgomery a Facebook message to tell him that Dexter had been found partially buried in debris where the apartment used to stand and they were reunited and uh, they uh, unfortunately the gentleman still has no home but he was reunited with his dog and there's a nice picture on this page um, on Yahoo uh, with uh, him and Dexter so well so what do you think about that cat they didn't find the cat there was no report on the cat we don't know cats get no respect Chad, I give you all the respect on this show. Let me tell you. I know you do. Actually, you do. You respect this cat, me. But you know, Yahoo is not respecting the cat right now. <laughs> but actually, I think that's a great story. You know, my mom. She remember how I used to talk about her psychotic men pen. Well, she, he had to be put down. It's been gosh, I don't know how many months now, unfortunately. And he was a miniature pincher. Oh, yeah, I just said that. But his name was Dexter. Uh-huh. And, yeah, he was psychotic, but he was so lovable to us. You know, like once he got to know you, he was a sweet dog, right? But he was kind of scary crazy. <laughs> scary crazy? Yeah. You didn't know right. him. Because <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you didn't actually, actually, you didn't meet the Yorkie either because she was in my mom's room. So oh. she's a cute. She's a little fur ball. She's a little oh. tiny three-pound Yorkie. Okay. <laughs> Runs on batteries. <laughs> oh. Well, Kat, that that's is, it. No, we got, that is a good we, song. I mean, good got, story. Uh, got three minutes left. I can't believe we got through another show here. What, what do you think? It was awesome. I had a blast. Talk about all this this stuff we wanted to talk about in the last show. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, before we close things out, what do you think about Alabama losing? Roll tears, roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Go Auburn Tigers. 
Bears. Go, go. <laughs> that was just freaking amazing, man. Just freaking awesome. I, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I don't think I'm gonna get all over that for a while. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take. <laughs> oh, man. But it'll, it will be interesting to see who goes to the BCS championship now. You yes. know. We'll have to see but, I mean, the, could Alabama BCS still thing. go? Could Alabama still go to the championship? It's not like they lost by a lot. It, it, it'll depend on what the rankings are tomorrow, I guess. So. Well, they can't be number one anymore, right? No, but they, it's a... How, how how far down do they like, go? That's the thing. Right. So. I, this has to do with point system and all that. It's too complicated for me. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I know J-Man will probably explain on their show tomorrow. but uh, <laughs> 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 Which, you know, which people should check out. You know, I think they should go ahead and check out the, the show because they'll probably explain all that stuff. And Well, I don't know. I pres- I'm presuming they have a show tomorrow. So. Yeah, I think they do because I think I saw them talking about it or something. And they didn't have a show last weekend. Or wait, what's today? Yeah, last weekend. God, you know the days are just like meshing together. <laughs> like we're already done with a week. It's Saturday. My gosh. You know the, the holidays came really fast this year. They're That's going right. Too fast, and that and that makes me sad because you know why. Because that, that means that the end of college football and football in general is going to be coming up, and I don't like that. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. I wish football was on as much as baseball, because then I'd be a happy girl. And it's just not. It's not long enough. Boo hiss. Uh, so we got we got about 30 seconds left there, Kat. So you got anything else for us this evening? Uh, as always, it's always, it's always awesome to be on the radio with you again. Thank you, dear. It was a blast. I had fun. I love everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I got to send my obligatory mwah out to everyone. <laughs> so we will close the show out with uh, the Ohio State fight song because I think they're going to be going to the PCS championship game. And Kat, uh, it was a great show. And uh, we should, maybe this will be our last one of the year. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But. Thanks a lot again, and uh, good times. Thank you, man. Have a great rest of the Thanksgiving uh, holiday, everyone. And uh, check out drmikesvilla.com for more stuff. That's where you get all my links. And uh, have a good weekend, uh, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you all very soon. Bye. Later.